0: I'll bet that you have a great story why you became a chiropractor. I'll bet that great story led to your personal philosophy about chiropractic and your understanding of what it is that you do with your patients every single day. And I'll bet if you've been in practice for any significant amount of time, you have some miracle stories also. I'm inviting you to reach out on the website for the com. And send me some of those stories, because I'd like to quote you and some of them on future episodes. And until then, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Chiropractic. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Freeman. I've been in practice for over 30 years, and I continue to work in a million-dollar practice that I built, ran, and sold. I've taught, lectured, and coached our profession and helped so many chiropractors build the practice and the life of their dreams. And now, I want to help you do the same. So here's today's show. As I said in the preview, I know you have a story of how you met chiropractic, and that story is part of your passion for our profession. On today's show, I'd like to share a little bit of my story and some of the amazing outcomes from people that I've had the pleasure of working with and helping over the years. So you could say that health care is in my blood. My father was a medical doctor, one of my grandfathers was a medical doctor, and one of my great-grandparents was the village healer back in Europe before they came to America. But fast forward, I went through college as a pre-med student, then had the opportunity to study human anatomy as a graduate student at one of the medical schools. But as I studied anatomy in that setting, I learned that drugs and surgery as a primary intervention didn't make sense to me. As I learned about the checks and balances of the human body and then using surgery, cutting parts out of it, or drugs, strong chemicals to force the body to do something different, didn't make sense as a primary line of defense. What made more sense was working with those natural checks and balances to nudge the body back into proper alignment back into proper balance to work the way it was supposed to with all of its parts intact. So at that point, I turned away from the traditional medical view of the mid-1980s and looked for something more holistic, something that made more sense. I was fortunate. I met a fantastic chiropractor here in Baltimore. He invited me to shadow him in his office. And I saw great results. And I ended up going to the same school that he had graduated from. I went to National College back in the day. And in chiropractic school, I learned even more about the checks and balances of the human body and eventually came to understand and appreciate the universal intelligence that runs the human body, that it works by above, down, and inside out. After I'd graduated and then taken a job working with that same doctor, I was so fortunate that he invited me to hang around with his friends older chiropractors, and they taught me that the body always wants to heal, but it does it on its own schedule, not mine, not some predetermined schedule, and certainly not a 20-visit maximum that an insurance company says that's all they're going to cover. The body will heal, but it's going to take time. Now, fast forward, and we're all in our own practices. We treat and adjust patients every day, and they respond on pretty much a well-known schedule that we can all agree on. But today, I want to focus on some of the outliers and the results that I've seen over the years. Unique cases that make you want to scratch your head and really give you a better understanding of the miracle that is chiropractic care and what's possible. And we've all had those miracle one and done cases where somebody comes in with something horrific. And you do your proper history and examination and report of findings and you do an adjustment and they have immediate relief and that feels really good for the patient and for us. But how deep does your confidence and certainty go with really difficult cases? Patients, when you take their history, there's a lot going on and it's been there for a really long time. What do you tell them? What do you explain to them? What kind of picture of the future do you draw for them? of what kind of course they're going to walk and the potential roadmap back to wellness and truly optimal health. Today I'm going to present four cases and they're absolutely true. Every word of it, I would swear in court. And I'm going to discuss them in the order that they had walked into my office over a 30 plus year period. The first one I'd like to discuss is about a lady named June. She was about 40 years old And came into the practice when I had been there for less than a year. I had treated her mother at a practice that I had been an associate in. The mother had a wonderful result and her mother said you have to go see this guy. I know he can help you. Well June's story was she had had surgery to her lower back approximately 15 years before that and as a result of the surgery She had received some sort of paralysis of her sciatic nerve. The surgeon had said, Oh, don't worry, that'll go away, and you'll be fine. Fifteen years later, she still had a heavy limp. She was a religious lady, and her nickname at church was Gimpy, because she walked with a gimpy limp. I was a young practitioner, and I had been told that the body always heals. So I told her just that. The body is going to heal, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I know that if we stimulate those nerves properly, get the bones aligned properly, you should be fine. And I had absolute confidence because that's what older doctors had taught me was the way that it should work, that's the way the body works. So we started working with her on a three day per week schedule. And we did that over a 15 month period three times a week for almost a year and a half. And lo and behold, after a year, 13 months or so, the limp went away. She was in church one day and someone came up to her and said, oh my God, what happened to your limp? And she said, I know it was the chiropractor who got rid of it for me. She came into the office. She told me the story in church and we had a chuckle about it together because she reminded me that the surgeon had said, see, I told you it'll go away one day. And she and I both knew that after 15 years, it needed a little help. It needed great chiropractic care. My question is to the young doctors listening to this podcast, would you have the guts, the understanding, the audacity to work with the person over that period of time? Or would you do a trial care of four weeks and then say, I'm sorry, it didn't work? What kind of life of reduced health are you sentencing your patients to by not letting the body work on its timetable? A little while after that, I was treating a mother and she happened to mention to me that her son, eight years old, was a bedwetter and it was a real problem for all the reasons that we can all imagine. I had read, seen, and been told that chiropractic adjustments could help with bedwetting. So having no experience with it personally, I told her my chiropractic philosophy. I told her what I understood of how the body worked and told her, let's give it a try. Sure enough, she brought her son in. We did find a subluxation at L3, which I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. And we started adjusting him working with him on a regular schedule, three times a week, came in, and this poor little boy couldn't sleep at friends' houses, and he couldn't have friends sleep over because of the embarrassment. And then all of a sudden, after, I honestly don't remember, three, maybe four months of care, she brought him into the office one Saturday morning. And I love Saturday morning office hours, but we'll talk about that on a future episode, your office hours and schedules. And he had clearly just woken up. So as I was adjusting him, I said to the mom who was in the room with us, I said, man, you're looking awfully tired this morning. What's going on? And he said, oh, my mom just picked me up. I slept at my friend's house last night. And I looked at her and with a big smile on her face, she just shook her head. Yes. And she said, everything's been fine, Doc, for a couple of weeks. I didn't want to tell you until we knew for sure. And he went on and has grown up to be a fine young man. But possibly my favorite story from when I was young and frankly a little bit more arrogant than I am now was a man by the name of Robert. And he came to see me at the urging of his wife. Oddly enough, his wife had been a maintenance patient for years and years. She had seen another chiropractor, who had long since retired, and the husband would be in and out of chiropractic care on rare occasion. And I asked her one day how her husband was doing, Robert, and she said, "Oh, he's not doing well at all. He's, you know, he 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 went from being just fine to using a cane, to using two, two canes, and now he's using a walker. and And I just don't know what's going to happen. You know, we, he's seeing neurologists." And I said, well, I I don't know what's going on, but let me take a look at him. At the very, very least, let me give him some exercises to do to possibly keep his range of motion and muscle strength up while they're figuring out what's going on. Well, by the time he got to the office, he was in a wheelchair. Couldn't walk. He had seen the neurologist, the chief of neurology, at one of the most respected hospitals here in Baltimore. And the chief of neurology had told him, that he had ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, a terminal disease. There is no recovery. You don't get better. The only thing they hadn't done was a biopsy of the nerve to confirm the diagnosis. With that information, I'd taken a full history. I had done an examination. And on his examination, the only thing that I could find was a severely subluxated l 3 four and five vertebra his si joints were locked up but that that wasn't that didn't seem to be the problem it was those lower lumbar vertebra and i don't know how they got that way and neither did he so i called the neurologist the chief of neurology at the hospital and the neurologist said to me when we discussed the patient and i told him what i had found the neurologist said to me I know you chiropractors think you can do some good sometimes, but I think we can both agree that in this man's case, it's best that you don't give him any false hope. And I think it's best, well, we can both agree that it's best that you don't touch him and just let him be. And I said, thank you. And I hung up the phone. Now keep in mind this was the mid-1990s and the medical community did not accept chiropractic in any reasonable way, shape, or form. The patient came back in for the report of findings and I went through everything that the neurologist had said, the chief of neurology at the well-respected hospital, and I explained chiropractic care to him more fully about getting the bone off the nerve and giving the body time to heal. And he had said that the medical doctor wanted to cut a hunk out of the nerve and that would permanently paralyze that nerve. And he really didn't want to do that. And I said, well, the way that I see it, you have absolutely nothing to lose by us doing chiropractic care. So why don't we do that and see what happens? And he said, that makes perfect sense. Let's do that. So we worked with Robert on a three-time-per-week schedule over an 18-month period. And over the 18 months, at first, there was no progress. It was slow getting started. He had incredible difficulty getting out of the wheelchair, getting onto the table. He you know, he was not independently transferring, but we adjusted him. Three times a week. Week in and week out. Month in and month out. And then he came in one day with a walker, not in the wheelchair, and we continued adjusting him and he was slowly getting stronger. We gave him exercises to do at home. We continued to adjust him. He went from the walker to two canes. He went from two canes to one cane. And at that point he said to me, I have a follow-up appointment with that neurologist. Do I need to keep that or can I cancel it? And I looked him right in the face and I can see his face and his blue eyes clear as day as I'm recording this. And I said to him, I want you to go into that neurologist's office and when you walk in there, you shake his hand and you tell him that your chiropractor said hello and see where the conversation goes from there. Well, he did. And eventually, I spoke to the neurologist again regarding another patient years later who was having seizure disorder that we witnessed. And he told that patient, You know, I really don't understand what those chiropractors do, but you stick with that guy because he knows something that I don't. But the patient that started in the wheelchair, Robert, he went on to live another 25 years walking around, gardening, doing the things that he loves. Why? Because some chiropractor had the guts and audacity to know the chiropractic philosophy, have a mission of helping people and not giving up. 25 years of better health that the medical community was ready to deny him and turn their back on. The final chiropractic story that I'd like to share with you today is a wonderful older lady who is in her late 90s now. When she came into the office with her horrible lower back pain and bilateral sciatica, she had been all through the medical community. And as recent as 2012, 10 or 12 years ago, she had been told, there's nothing that can be done for you. You just need to learn to live with the pain. She couldn't take medications. Because of her other health conditions, she couldn't do steroid shots in her back. Because of her age and comorbidities, she was not a good candidate for surgery. They told her to just live with it. And out of desperation, somebody had said, try a chiropractor, maybe they can help you. So she came into the office. This poor lady couldn't sit in a chair with both of her ischial tuberosities on the chair. She literally had to sit with one cheek on the chair and the other one hanging over the edge with a cane supporting her. That was the only way she could sit with any kind of relief. So after a proper history and a proper examination and an X-ray evaluation, sure enough we saw the severe degeneration, the significant subluxations, and the spinal stenosis that had been confirmed by MRIs. And I told her, we'll do our absolute best to get those bones lined up the way they should be, to get the pressure off the nerves, and with a little bit of luck, well, there'll be enough breathing room there so those nerves will settle down and we'll be able to reduce the pain. How much, I don't know. But I know the body heals and it wants to be better. So sure enough, we started working with her. Also, on our typical three-time-a-week schedule, because that's what chiropractors historically do, because it works so incredibly well. And again, after a couple months, the pain was decreasing. She could actually sit on the chair. And we continued to work with her, and she could walk better and sit better and sleep through the night. And she came to me one day and said, Dr. Freeman, my grandson just got engaged, and he's getting married next year in Colorado. Now we're on the East Coast. We're in Maryland. And she said, it would mean the world to me if I could get to that wedding, I don't know how... I'm. I don't know how I'm going to get on an airplane and sit there, but it would mean the world to me that I could be there. And I looked over her chart and the progress that she had made, and it sure looked like there was more progress to be made. And I said, you know what? If you keep getting better the way you have been, and you keep doing the things that we ask you to do and avoid the things that I ask you to avoid, not only do I think you're going to go to that wedding, You're going to dance at his wedding. And I want a picture when you get back. And sure enough, she stuck with it. She went to Colorado. She danced at the wedding. She told everybody about the miracles of chiropractic and how wonderful our profession is. And to this day, she's a maintenance patient. And for Christmas last week, she gave me a card. It said, thank you for making my senior years pain-free when the rest of the medical community had given up on me with love and her name. That's what we do. That's the opportunity that we have in our profession to help people with. And those results in all of these cases came because of my certainty and understanding of the human body And the chiropractic philosophy because it works it always works the body wants to heal when you've ruled out all the other things all the red flag things that they teach us in school and you get down to it and that's all that's left get the bone off the nerve and the body works the way it's supposed to because it wants to heal and as i said at the beginning of this show I would love to hear some of your stories also. So please reach out via the contact us page on the website for the loveofchiropractic.com and let's share more of these stories. I'll look forward to hearing from you. All right. And that's our show for today. If you have a question about today's show or your own practice, feel free to reach out at for the com. Before making changes to your practice, be sure to seek legal advice regarding those changes and regulations in your state. For the Love of Chiropractic is an RGF production, all rights reserved. And thanks for listening. Original music provided by Hunter Rich Music.